Okie dokie. Good to be back. Good to be back. Last time we was here, we were talking about that greeting. I want to go back into that. The greeting in the book of Revelation. I hope uh, that you guys have been following us in our Revelation study. We'll kind of see a little bit more. Uh... Today we were looking at Wednesday on the uh, those eyes. We'll see a little bit of that today. But Revelation, this is King of Kings, part three. This is from that greeting, Revelation chapter one, verse four, five, and six. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, was, is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father, to Him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the greeting from, from God that's coming to us, grace and peace. And here he says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. And that's what I want to talk about today, the faithful witness. And I figure since we were snowed out last week, I can take twice as long today. Nevaeh, do we got an amen corner we can put her in somewhere? He's introduced as the faithful witness. God introducing himself as the faithful witness. He's introducing himself to us as to how we know in our life and experience of the grace of God and of the peace of God. How that comes to us, how we experience it. That's what this book of Revelation is, is about. It's about the end, but not the end of time. He who is, was, is to come and sent us grace. And he further explains that to us, that he who is and was and is to come, comes to us in the person of the Holy Spirit, in the sevenfold perfection of creative ability, the seven spirits which are before the throne. And he who is, was, and is to come, comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ. God has focused himself in Jesus. We would never know God except in Jesus Christ. That's why he says, I am the way. It's not the way to go to heaven. I am the way. No man comes to the Father. I mean, that's what he says, right? No man comes to the Father but by me. Uh-oh. We're, we're quoting scriptures. <laughs> yeah. Jesus says, I am the way. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, there's a lot of uh, what we call, what we would call intelligent people according to the world. You know, very smart, very sophisticated. Oprah Winfrey, she says there's many ways. And, and to me, from a Southern Baptist girl, she ought to know better. You know what I mean? I mean, to me, I'm just like, come on, Oprah. I know, I mean, I don't know her, but she has raised an old Southern girl. and She ought to know better. But it's sophisticated. There's many ways. I mean, Buddha might be a way. Harry Christian. And being good and being a good person may be a way. But Jesus says, I'm it. Now, that's hard for some people. That's hard for a lot of people. 
But whether you like it or not, yeah, it's truth. You know, uh, I mean, we live here in Virginia, pretty obvious. If you head south from here, trying to get to Canada, you can be as sincere as you want and pray all you want and shout all you want, but you ain't going to end up in Canada. You're going to end up in the Gulf of Mexico. It's just the way it is. Jesus is the way. The only way. You'll never know the Father except through Jesus. You, can't, you cannot. And it's through Him that the Holy Spirit have come. And that, that's why we have this doxology here. It's given uh, to Jesus. One of the first things He tells us is He's the faithful witness that Jesus. I mean, that's what it says. And from Jesus, who is the faithful witness? I mean... You know, not the sometimes witness, the faithful witness. You know, like Denise said, he doesn't sometimes give us victory. Perhaps he'll give us victory. Perhaps, maybe, if he's in a good mood and you've prayed enough. Always gives us the victory. He's the faithful witness. What does he mean he's the faithful witness? Now, I've got to go back a little bit. Uh, the first thing God tells us about Himself is that He talks. Somebody mentioned uh, the other day, I was on Facebook, they said, when is the first place Jesus is mentioned in the Bible? And I said, in the first verse, in the beginning. Because He says, I am the beginning. So, and in that book, the book of Genesis, we find out something here. God talks. You'd expect the first chapter of the Bible to be about His holiness. Or about the, God is love and His righteousness and all the things you would have. But the first thing we find out is He speaks. I mean, there's a, uh, it's alluded to on, on the, these other gods. They don't speak. They're made of wood. They're made of stone. Or all of these crazy things. But I mean, right in the beginning, we find out God talks. Now, I don't think one thing with God is more important than the other. Holiness, love, righteousness. Is, I mean, he's, but he tells us something about himself right here. And he speaks. That's all in the first chapter. A lot of people miss it. You know, when, you know a lot of people, they don't read Genesis. Oh, Christ, you know, who, who, who really cares? Let's get to, the, let's get to the, the big stuff. God speaks. I mean, right now that God said, let there be light. And you know what? There was light. But I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing for these. Uh, I mean, in the first chapter, God said, let, let the earth bring forth. And, and you know, let, let there be birds and let there be hippopotamuses. And I mean, he talks. God said, let us make man. He, I mean, he's the unbeginning communicator. And Adam and Eve in the garden, they talk with God. Why not? They're like God. They're made in His image and after His likeness. No other animal. You might teach a parrot to speak, but he can only parrot. He can't hold a conversation. People might think dogs and cats have conversation. They don't. Only people. Because we're made in God's image and His likeness. Can we speak? So it kind of, when I hear people say this, oh, God is our higher power. Come on. Does your toaster speak? I mean, it's hooked into a higher power. It's plugged into the wall, right? Does it speak? Well, you might get one that says, hey, the toast is done, the toast is burnt, whatever. I don't know. He's not just energy, you know, power. He's person. And he talks. All his expressions, they, they come to us. All that, that he did, they come to us in words. Now this, this is in, important here. Because Jesus is what? The faithful witness. 
Now, I'm going to say some things here that might be a little rough. Here in the garden, you've got Adam and Eve and uninhibited fellowship with God. Now, I want you to get out of your brains. They was having a continuous prayer meeting and church service. And angels was playing harps and they was all singing. They were in the garden with fellowship with God and they're having a good time. I mean, that's hard, isn't it, to, to think about that they're in this uninhibited fellowship, walking and talking with God and discovering and saying, what is this? Well, that's a rock. Huh. Didn't know what a rock was. What's that? That's a tree. You, you know, and talking and discovering. I mean, they wasn't, oh, well, you got to be, oh, let me teach you about righteousness. Uh-uh. Let me teach you about holiness. They're in fellowship with God, and they're having a good time. I told you, today, you're not allowed to use the word fun and church or fun and Jesus in the same sentence. When you say those words, you immediately got to put on a long face, fall in the floor and do crazy stuff. They had fun together. That's fellowship. Can you imagine that? I mean, I just uh, throw some words out. I mean, Jesus said, you know, I call you my friends. What do you do with your friends? You all got friends. Friend is somebody you talk to. Like, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to talk to my friend. And your friend does what? Makes you laugh. Friend picks you up. Now, Jesus is calling us and him friends. I mean, this is what fellowship is. I mean, friends are somebody you call and say, you never believe what happened at work today. Right? Friends. They're in this, I mean, this is what fellowship is. Oh, we're all in fellowship. I mean, come on. I know churches that say they're in fellowship and they can't stand each other. Friends. You know, that's why I love when we have our dinners back there. I love, I love the laughter. I love the conversation. Just, just friends. It's talking about whatever. That's what friends do, don't Friends say, hey, I got a new pair of shoes today. Check them out. You like them? No, nah, I don't like them. They're ugly. Well, heck with you, but you're still friends. Right? Friends. I mean, life is an adventure. Is it not? Sometimes it's Gilligan's Island. That's why holiness isn't having a long face. It's having great fun with God. Did you hear that? Holiness is not a long face. It's having great fun with God. I told you, this is hard. I mean, this is, I mean people can't have this. I mean, you've got to be long face. You've got you, you, you to be proper. I mean, you ever see some of the animals God made? He's got a sense of humor. I mean, I look at a giraffe and I think, man, this thing is a hippopotamus. I think, why did you make mosquitoes? I ain't figured that out. We got to talk about that. Ticks. He made them. I don't know why. They had fun together. So you have this picture of communication with God in the garden. God told them everything they needed to know. He told them everything they needed to know about him. Not everything about him, but everything they needed to know. He went on to tell them about creation, how he made it. I mean, when Adam opened his eyes, I mean, the apples were ripe. I wonder if he made it in the fall of the year. Probably not. I don't know. I just throw that out there. But I mean, the oranges were there. They're ready. You know, they wasn't, the trees were full grown. You ever think about that? It, I mean, to Adam's eyes, I mean, he don't, he don't know anything about time, but to him, it, may, it looks like it's been there for thousands of years. Maybe millions, I don't know. Unless God tells you otherwise, you would come to that conclusion, wouldn't you? So God tells them about creation. I mean, you know, here's a tree, you just open up your eye, and it's got apples on it. God says, Eat. And then God tells them it's not a million years old. It's not a thousand years old. I just made that thing three days ago. Wow. God tells them. It's communicate. I mean, do you, how do you go into creation? And Adam's looking like, how did you, how long is that thing? Well, oh, I just made that thing Wednesday. 
I mean, go, I mean, I don't know how you read the Bible, but I mean, it's fun. I, I just, I made it. God told him about creation. He told Adam that he wasn't like the other animals. He was made in God's image, and that's why they're having fun together. He told Adam about Eve, how she came to be. But the only way Adam knew it was because God told him. They had communication. God told him who he was, told him why he was here. He gave him purpose and gave him meaning. Do you know, I mean, that is one of the, the things today that is, uh, that's where suicide comes from. People have no purpose. People feel they have no purpose. People feel they have no meaning. God gave it to them right there in, in, the, in the garden. I mean, he, 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 he blessed man. Have dominion. Be fruitful. Multiply. People have no idea. The church sure don't help them none. Don't help them none. I mean, do the church is always in time and we're going to fly out of here. But give them no meaning. God said to them, the only thing you have to do is live in this fellowship with me. Which will mean that you do what I tell you. Simple, right? I know I kind of say it hard, but it's not hard. They're having fun together. He's just, he's really saying, if you'll just believe me, you'll live in this fellowship. We'll have fun. He says, there's only one thing. There's this one tree in the garden. I don't want you to eat of that one. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you why. I mean, ju just, just don't. In the day you eat thereof, you'll surely die, but you don't even know what death is. All you know is having fun with God. Nothing has ever died. There is no death here. How is he going to know what death? I mean, just tell him, you'll die. What, what is that? That's no idea. So, I mean, it doesn't really, doesn't really help him. But it basically says, you won't touch that tree because you, you love me. I mean, you know. You, you, won't, you won't touch it because you know I'm trustworthy. So therefore, in the choice that he makes about the tree, he was establishing his faith and trust in God. And God could have used anything. He could have said, you know, don't climb um, that, don't, don't climb that mountain, don't throw rocks in that. He needed a choice. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He, he had to uh, give him something to make a clear choice about. A clear choice about whether he would trust God and love God or not. Now, I want you to hear this. If Adam makes the right choice here, we know what that tree is. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If Adam makes the right choice here, it would become to him the knowledge of good... And he would know what evil might have been if he makes the right choice. The right choice was don't eat of that tree. He would have knew what good was and what evil might have been. If he makes the wrong choice about the tree, it would be to him the tree of the knowledge of what good used to be, but what evil has now become. It all hung in the choice. That it was going to make about that tree. Do you, you, you see what I mean? The knowledge of good and evil. Now into that garden came another voice. It was the voice of, of the devil through the serpent. You ever wonder why God didn't close the gate and keep that little scutter out of there? He let him in. He knew what was going to happen. So here, through this serpent, through this devil here, here comes the opposite of what he's just been told. God spoke to him simple truth. Simple truth. Reality. The way things really are. How are things? Fellowship. Fun with God. This is the way things are. They're having fun together. Here comes another voice that tells him untruth. That brings in a world of unreality. It brings an alternative explanation to God. 
That other voice says, you know, he ain't all he's cracked up to be. He, know, he told you not to eat of that tree. Huh. He's really scared. He's really holding back from you. Right now, it's, I mean, you think he's good. He's not. He's keeping back from you what life's really all about. He's telling you, you got to obey him. Truth is, if you would only just throw that off, then you'd really live. Then you'd know wisdom. You'd have it. Was all that God told you about himself? It isn't quite true. That's why God's scared. If you eat of that tree, you'll be wise. See, you don't even know who you are yet. God said you made in his image. Yeah, right. Really, if you eat of that tree, you'll be God. You'll be as God himself. That's why God's scared of you. So come on, eat. Then you'll really discover who God is and you'll know who you are. Then you'll be as God in this world. So you got two voices here, right? Two voices in the garden. What God said. What, is, what did God say? Wisdom, truth, and an alternative voice speaks the lie. Now God's voice is light. It's truth. It's the way things really are. You know, when he, uh, I've heard, uh, you know, people use the verse all the time, worship in spirit and in truth. And, and, you know, they, I don't know, they do a whole lot of things with those verses right there. But truth is, is reality, the way things really are. Now, was Adam and Eve worshiping God at this, before this other voice came? Absolutely. And it was fun. And they were having fun together. And they were in fellowship. I mean, do you, do you understand what I'm telling you? Most of the time, the word fun doesn't go with worship. You know? The voice of the devil is lies. It's darkness. It's distortion. It's, it plunges you into ignorance. It's blindness. God cannot lie because he's the truth. He can't lie. Satan cannot speak the truth because he is the lie. And I want to tell you something. The devil will quote scriptures. But even in the quoting, he turns it to a lie. People get messed up today because the devil quotes scripture to them completely out of context. All distorted, that's what he does. I mean, when we get on over in the book of Revelation, you'll find out who's the one accusing. Now, it sounds like you because he's good at what he does. But it'll be him. And all he does is accuse and condemn and trick you and all. And you know what he uses? I mean, I mean, this is the subtlety. This is the thing you try to get people to understand is the devil ain't coming and saying, hey, let's go over here and have a devil worshiping party. He quotes this to you. This gets you all messed up. I mean, he came to Jesus quoting scriptures. He comes to the Son of Man... And says, hath the scripture said, least he dash your foot against a stone? I mean, take these stones and make them bread? I mean, come on. He came into the garden, this liar, and spoke lies, producing darkness. Now over here is God speaking truth that is light. Now, the devil, uh, he distorts the truth. I told you, it's not crazy stuff. He mixes truth with lies. It's, it sounds good. It, it's so subtle. I mean, nobody would believe you if you lie. You know, I mean, just outright lie. I saw a big purple monster out there. Y'all be like, yeah, right. I saw a purple monster with polka dots on it. Yeah. But if you gossip, just a little truth will set the world on, on fire. You know, me and Tracy was watching Andy. Y'all like Andy? Andy Griffith. Andy walks into the store and here's Aunt B and 
I don't know who she was talking to, and Andy come in to get a little sulfur powder. Barney doesn't cut his finger cleaning his gun. They run back. You know, he gets that sulfur powder and goes back. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, three hours later. Barney done shot himself and was dead, and the mortician showed up. was going to bury Barney. That's how the gossip got going. Have y'all, y'all seen that one? And then the shoe salesman showed up, and then they thought he was a talent scout from New York. Everybody went up there, even old Floyd the barber patting his foot while his son was playing the saxophone. It was funny, and all Bar- uh, you know, Andy and Barney, they were all gospers too. See, you just mix it with a little bit of truth, and it'll go. It'll go. Now the devil says you'll be as God, but wait a minute, isn't that what God already said? Didn't God say, I made you in my image and likeness? So the devil didn't say, if you eat of this tree, you'll be like a devil. These people, I mean, do they not, do they, he says you'll be like God. And, and in Leviticus later on, God says, be holy for I'm holy. Isn't he saying, be like me? The devil comes with a little bit of truth. I mean, think about this. I, you know, I never worry about people, oh, they're devil worshipers. I never worry about those kind of people. They don't scare me a bit. It's the people who want to be like God. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. These, these crazy people over here. I've seen people now even go put horns up in their head just to get on TV. And, you know, I think, you bunch of weirdos, y'all missed. The devil didn't say you'll be like me. He said you'll be like God. That's the lie. And he uses this. (laughs) See, man was made to be like God, but not independent from God. An, An independent God. He was made to be in union with God. He was... He was made to lean helplessly on God, to live his life out from God, to glorify God. He was to be the little small G. He was. That's why God made him. The devil came with that distortion, that alternative wisdom, the lie. And you know what? Man believed it. Now let me tell you this. Whatever the devil says does not affect you until you believe it. Whatever you believe takes you. What you believe takes you. Now it does. I mean, we got a whole world right. I mean, a whole world right now. Psychiatrists making a living because people believe the lie. I'm no good. I'm nothing. I'm no. I mean, I mean, the first question, God, who told you? Who told you that? Who told you that? Had to come from the lie because I didn't ever tell you that. Eve believed the lie. She takes the fruit. Immediately she's plunged into confusion. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know who God is anymore. She doesn't know why she's here. Now all of this hopeless Confusion is all there is. And she only believes one thing. Remember, I told you the lie I'll take you. Now she only believes one thing. She thinks she's God. What what am I saying here? She thinks she's right. She thinks I'm central. I'm the center of everything. I mean, you know, when when, when the uh, scientists or the astronomers discovered that the earth really rotated around the sun, they kicked that guy out of the church. I can't remember who it was that kicked him out of the church. Couldn't have that. I mean, everybody knows God revolves around me. That's the lie. That's the lie. That's all she knew. That's all people know now. I mean, I see it going on with governments. I mean, I look at our government and our government says, Well, heck, you Russians, you aren't God. We're God. I mean, that's, what's, I mean, that's why governments fight because each one thinks they're God. The way we rule is right. You're wrong. So we must invade and kill people and go to war. I mean, go read James. He tells us why there's wars among us. Envy, strife, jealousy. All why? Because I'm God. You say you're God, so we fight. 
Now Eve has a distorted view of God. She believes he's away from man. Now listen to this. She believes God is away from man. Separated over there. Up. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now where were they? Where were they just just five minutes ago? They're in the garden having fun with God and Adam and Eve and they're they're in holiness and they're in fellowship and they're having fun. And now she thinks God's up in heaven somewhere. He's away. And you know what? He has to be away. You know why that is? Because I'm the sinner. So everybody who tells me he's away, I say, you've believed the lie. Because he's not. Was he there? Absolutely was still there. She believed she was God. She was the sinner. She had a distorted view of creation. She had a distorted view of what it was all about. You know, I mean, her distorted view, she, now she believes. I mean, God has just told them, you know, I made them trees on Wednesday. And now she says, now wait a minute. I really don't think he made them Wednesday. I think it took millions and millions of years. Right? I mean, these scientists, that's what they're telling us, right? And and she looks at a monkey and she says, no, wait a minute, I look like a monkey. I think I really evolved from a monkey. You see? I mean, she's she's starting to... And I I know, I mean, I know preachers who say the world is 7 billion years old. They try to mix science, which, let me tell you, the scientific word for science is stupidity. They try to mix stupidity, and it won't do. See, see now everything she believes is distorted. It's from the lie. Oh, so all this foolishness of man. I'm at the center. God is over there because I'm here. It's all from the lie. God is up. It's it's all from the lie. Paul says in Romans, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Let me tell you what that word fools means in the Greek. Idiots. Paul says, professing themselves to be wise, they became idiots. It's all distorted truth. Now think about that. It's all distorted truth. If you don't believe that, do you guys ever turn on the TV and watch the news? Is that not the most distorted Truth that there is. Man jumps out of plane, 32,000 feet in the air, parachute doesn't open, hits the ground and dies of COVID. Right? I, I mean, I'll probably take my video down for that. That's why I had to say it way low. Distorted propaganda. The God, the God we've been speaking of, the God, I mean, the God of grace. And you know what? He could have left man. He could have said, you know what? Uh, Teddy, you made your bed and I lay in it. He could have said that. I mean, if we, I've, I've said that before. You made your bed and I lay in it. But God comes after man. Man is in the middle of the lies, in the middle of darkness. He's in the middle of confusion. But God comes continually bombards the earth with truth, with light. Continually. Man believes the lie. Man lives in darkness. But God comes into the darkness and He continually speaks truth. And let me tell you something. Man hated it. Man hated it. Jesus said men love the darkness. Rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds are... Jesus said, men love the darkness. So when light has come, they hated the light. Why were their deeds evil? Their deeds were self-serving. It's all about me. Me Me-centered. Man didn't want the truth that says you're not who you say you are and God's not who He says He is. They preferred the lie, but God continued to speak His light into the darkness, His truth into their lies. And His truth, I'm going to tell you through this Bible here, it came in the form of prophets. Now prophets in somebody who is fortune-telling, 
A prophet is one who speaks forth truth. Who speaks forth on behalf of God. They're the speakers forth of God. And Moses was the first prophet. Now, Moses has shown man how to know God, how to talk with God, and how to love one another. And in, in Deuteronomy, you know, Deuteronomy is like, Moses wrote that book before he died. It's like four sermons he, he preaches here in the book of Deuteronomy. And just a few weeks before he's, I mean, Deuteronomy is just a few weeks before Moses is going to die. He says something here, Deuteronomy 18 and verse 18. Just a few weeks before he died here, Moses. And he says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren. Liken unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So there's going to be another prophet. And this prophet, he said, it's going to come from the human race here. It's not going to be some alien some words or whatever. He's going to come from the human race. They understood that. That they understood that there was going to come one final prophet, one who would finally speak truth into the darkness, who would finally be light in a world of lies, this prophet. Now Moses was the first spokesman of God. And he looks all the way down the centuries to the last one, who will be the last one to speak forth on behalf of God. And he'll be so perfect there won't need to be... Uh, any need to add to what he said. It'll be it. It'll be the last one. All through the scriptures, we, 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 got, we got Moses here. And then right on down the line, we got Samuel. And then we got Elijah. And then we got Elisha and Hosea and Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel and finally uh, Malachi. And they all bring something of God, a little piece of the puzzle. They all add to the revelation of what God is like. And what man is, is uh, really like. And what it's all about. And why we're here. And it's all coming together. And a little piece by piece. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And in the book of Acts, Peter quotes Moses. He says, this is that prophet. What prophet? The one that Moses was talking about in Deuteronomy 18. That prophet. When Jesus was speaking in Jerusalem, the people says, this must be the prophet. They didn't say, this must be a prophet. Whenever they said, the prophet, they're talking about the one Moses, the one they had been looking for, the prophet. Jesus is the final speaking forth of God. He's the word become flesh. Now Moses began telling us what God is like. Jesus didn't come with a message. He is the message. He was God in the flesh. You understand the difference? I mean, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And that same Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's communication. Jesus didn't get a Word from God. He is the Word from God. Do, do you see the difference? Everybody wants a Word from Jesus. is the Word from God. Prophets, the, the prophets, they were like secretaries. They're up there writing down. They got a Word from God. Jesus wasn't like that. He's the message. He's it. Now, now I want you to think, where are words? I just want to give you this picture. Where are words before they're spoken? I mean, before I speak to you, they're in me. Now once I speak, and they, they, the, the words come out and they go into your ear, they go inside of you, <coughs> right? Jesus is the Word. He was, he was in the Father and when the Father spoke, it was Jesus that came out, the Word. That's why he is, He's God in another form. He came out from God. He's the final complete communication from God coming to us. And, and, you know, the prophet says, when my word has gone out and done what I've told it to do, it'll come back to me. 
The word proceeds out of my mouth. It won't return unto me void. It shall accomplish whereunto I send it. That's what John is saying in, in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Jesus is God. So you got God the Father who was unbeginning thought. Jesus who was unbeginning Word. And Holy Spirit who was unbeginning action. These three are one. Thought, Word, and Deed. The Word. That Word became flesh. When that word came out, it came out of the womb of Mary and, be, and dwelt among us. God in human flesh, he says, look at me. This is what God is like. I mean, this is what Jesus is telling us. This is what God is like. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But, it, but that's not all the truth that he is. He also, in doing that, is telling us this is what man is like. This is what man is made for. He brought it all together. And I know that's hard to get. They'll say, well, that was, oh, that was Jesus. <sighs> I told you he's the prototype. I mean, he is what man was. Imagine that. I mean, this guy walked on the water. Do you ever just think about that? A couple years ago, me and dad went fishing. We almost had to walk on the water because the boat was sinking. We finally made it back. I was taunting him too. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. We got to get back to the dock. You, you, you understand? I mean, he, this is what God is like. This is what man is supposed to be like. He's, he brought it all together. He's the, he's the witness to truth, reality. He's the declaration of what life is all about. And there's no more prophets after Jesus. I know, I, I know, I just, I, I say this quick. You can talk about the word, but you cannot add to it. He's it. He's the final prophet. He is the truth. And, and it says something else here in Revelation uh, 3.14. I want you to listen to this. Get, a, get your ears around this. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, Right, these things saith the Amen. The Amen. He didn't say Amen. The Amen is talking. Now, now, now let me explain something here. I know Amen, so be it and all that. But let me add to that. A amen means absolutely correct. It means that's the way it is. It, it, it means... Uh, no more maybe. No more perhaps. I mean, all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are what? Maybe? I mean, you know what he's saying? This is absolutely the way it is. You are blessed. And that's it. So if, you're, if somebody tells you any other thing, what is it? It's a lie. You're in Christ, you're blessed. That's it. Amen. This is the absolute way it is. And the amen is speaking. It means that this truth is forever certain. None can pluck you out of His hands. This is the way it is. And Jesus is that truth. It, it, it means there's no more doubt. Jesus is the amen. And the amen is speaking. He's the faithful witness. Now, witness here, you know what that word means in Greek? Martyr. Martyr. You know, some people, always, they want to go out and be a witness. They want to go out and be a witness for Jesus. Got to go out and do witnessing. You don't do witnessing. Jesus is the faithful witness. He's the faithful martyr. Uh, that means he's ready to die for what he says. So his words and his life are one. You know, if you want to be a witness, it means the things that you speak and the actions that you do are one and the same. If not, then we'll use that other word, hypocrite. That was the word Jesus used on the Pharisees. They spoke these words, but their actions didn't match up what they speak. Jesus is the faithful martyr, the faithful witness. 
Among the, the darkness and distortion of this world comes Jesus, who is the light. And you know what? He didn't have to say a word. I mean, you want, you want to mess darkness up, just bring light in. You see all the little bugs and creatures, everything scrambling away. And, and in John it says, no man has seen God, but Jesus, he, he declared him. He explained God. Now, do you remember who got the most upset with Jesus when he walked here? Remember who it was? It was religion. I mean, it seems crazy, don't it? I mean, you would think, you know, he came into his own. And what scripture says, his own received him not. I mean, here's, I mean, here is Jesus, the Word, became flesh, who is holiness, who is righteousness. you think he would come to the people who was holy and righteous on the earth, and they would all hug and get along and say, see, we told you. This is what God is like. They hated Jesus. The reason was, same thing today. They were the ones who made up what they thought God was like. They thought, oh, this is what God is like. He wears a long robe and he's got long tassels and his blue robe. And I mean, you know, when he walks, when he prays, he says long prayers and he's, he's got a long beard. And I mean, you know, oh, you can't have fun. You got to, you know. And then here's Jesus. I told you people, you know. When he, when he showed up, man, the, the religion couldn't stand it. And the sinners flocked to him. He was fun to be around. I mean, little Zacchaeus climbing a tree. I got to see this guy. Everybody hated Zacchaeus. Jesus, what are you doing having dinner with the guy? Let, let, me, let me show you something here. Uh, in John chapter 8. I just want you to, I, I just want you to get this picture here. John chapter 8. Early in the morning he came into his temple. Came into the temple. I'm in verse 2. And the people came down to him and he sat down and he taught them. So they're having a little class here. The scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in, in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the laws commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? They got him. They got him. What do you say? See, religious hated him. I mean, that's a loaded question right there. I want you to understand at this time, the, Rome, the, the Jews were under Roman occupation. They couldn't stone anybody. They couldn't crucify anybody. If you tried to, you'd be arrested by the Romans. The Romans hold all uh, uh, civil action. And, 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 you know, they're in this temple and, and all these little riots and all these things. They started there, these little groups. And there's Roman, so Roman police is everywhere. So if Jesus says, stoner, man, before he raises a rock, the Romans are going to arrest him and done. We've got him out of here. And if he says, now wait a minute. Let's just don't stoner. Now he's going to tear down, tear up the law of God. Now he'll be a worthless prophet. Nobody will ever listen to a word that he says again. I mean, we've got this guy backed in a corner. There's no way out. I mean, you know, that's why Caiaphas had to take Jesus to Pilate. He had no authority to crucify him. So you see what's going on here. Verse 6, this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. Now Jesus, the faithful witness... King of kings, Lord of lords, stooped down and doodled in the sand with his finger. Now, a lot of people try to tell you what Jesus wrote. Well, I'm, I just, I'm of this mind. If the Holy Spirit wanted us to know what he wrote, he would have told us. But I want you to get this picture. The Pharisees are standing there in their long blue robes and their long face. 
a woman thrown down on the ground in front of Jesus. Everybody watching. The Romans are watching. Everybody's waiting with anxiousness to see what this man will do. And the Son of Man, he just, you know, stoops down, starts doodling in the dirt. I mean, I don't know how you read these verses, but, and, and you know, it's like, are you say something? Say, do something, say something. And, and, and you, you know, I mean, you see, uh, they continued asking him. I mean, he's just, uh, and you know, I can just see him. What sayest thou? What sayest thou, Jesus? What sayest thou? I mean, the law says this. What sayest thou, Jesus? And, and Jesus, you know, here are all the Pharisees. And here's this woman right here. And he's doodling in the dirt. And, and, and he gets up and he says, Oh, let him without sin cast the first stone. Oh. The audacity. And then you know what he does? He gets down doodles in his hand again. I don't know how you. You know when the Greek. Let me, let me read this to you. In the Greek. In, in verse 7. It says he that is without the sin. What sin? The same sin this woman is in. King James left the thee out. The sin. And then he stoops in the ground. He writes again. And when they heard it, listen to what they said. When they heard it, they're being convicted by their own conscience. They went out, held us even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman. You know, you know what happened right there? I mean, this is where there's these eyes of flame of fire. You didn't have, I mean, I mean that little thing. And I mean, judgment came to them Pharisees. Here they are in their long blue robes. And, and they had the little scriptures on their foreheads. And, and they had it taped to them all over the place. And had tattoos of Bible verses all over them. You know what I mean? I mean, they're holy. And these guys are crushed by the faithful witness. Now, Jesus doesn't let the woman off the hook. He asked her, where's your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. He didn't say your sin is all right. He said, go and sin no more. And he said, the reason I don't condemn you, the reason I'm not accusing you is because I'm going to be taking your sin with me to the cross. I mean, the scripture says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him, what? Might be saved. Saved to what? To go to heaven? No, to be in this fun fellowship with God because that's where they all started from and we lost it over here in this distorted lie. The faithful witness doodles in the sand and religion gets upset because they love the darkness. But it's grace and truth and peace to the woman. You see one? It's the same one as doodles in the sand. You see, they hated the, the light so much they tried to put the light out. They crucified Him. We have got to get the light out of here. We want, I mean, Jesus said, I am the light. They said, let's put the light out. But you know what? It's at the cross. I see the light the brightest. See, in that temple courtyard, I can see the justice of God pointing at the Pharisees. And at the same time, I see the grace of God to the woman. At the cross, I see the two come together. The justice of God and the grace of God meet. And they meet in the person of Jesus, who is the faithful and true witness. Justice and grace meet together. You, you would think these two wouldn't, couldn't be together. Truth tells us that His justice and His love have come together. And He's called the faithful witness. 
And he said he would send us the Holy Spirit, the, the, what, the Spirit of truth, and he would explain to us the truth that was in Jesus. The reality. I mean, what is being born again? Being born is uh, uh, simply this. You have acknowledged the truth. You can see light. You see truth. You can't see the kingdom. I mean, what is the reality? The kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. Except you be born again. What is being born again? Acknowledging the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. And see what it, what, it, what it is, is you've stood in that circle just like the Pharisees we all have. And you have felt the piercing knife of truth go into your heart, but you didn't run away. And hide in the darkness and say, say the rocks fall on us and hide us from the wrath to come. No, you stood there and took it. You, uh, you see, the good news, when you first hear it, is the worst news you've ever heard. The good news says you're guilty. But with that says there's grace and peace. And see, some, some won't hear it. Some won't hear it. You know, we, we got a, a, a church now full of softies and babies. We only want to hear the other stuff. No, the good news is says, woman, you're guilty as the Pharisees. You're all in this together. But they ran off and didn't want the light. And she received the grace that he came to bring. That's why the, the, the religious people hated the light and while the sinners who had no pretense about God, they didn't, I mean the mafia guys didn't have no image made up of God. They knew they wasn't it. They knew they were a mess. They flocked to Jesus. You know, men love that, they love that darkness. And then God puts the mirror of himself right in front of you because called, you know, when men think they're God and they think they got it all together, he puts that mirror, and that mirror is Jesus Christ right up in front of you. Oh, my gosh. We thought we were gods, but see, but we acknowledge the truth. That's repentance. That's true repentance right there. I see him for who he is, all this stuff I had made up. I, I, I see it. Being born again, acknowledging the truth, believing the truth. The truth what? Knowing who God really is. Knowing what He has done. I mean, the truth does what? It makes you free. And I want to tell you this. As I continue to see who Jesus is, everything that I've ever believed falls to pieces. And you know what? Some of the things that we believed has been handed down to us for 200, 300, 400 years. But in Jesus, it just falls off. And you know what? People don't want, I mean, people don't want, they think when they come in Him, they lose. And I'm going to tell you what, you do lose. You do lose. What was gained to me, Paul says, now I count it as dung. I count it as loss. It was gained to me. It profited me. Oh, that I may win Christ. Be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness. I mean, what's preached today is lies. It's distortion. It's craziness. I'm going to tell you something right here. In America today, there's, there is a cultural, phony Christianity. And the high priest of that phony Christianity is the President of the United States. Hear what I'm telling you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you the difference. Not just, not just because uh, Brandon's President. It doesn't matter. The high priest of that phony Christianity is the president. Let me tell you how you know the difference. The word of Jesus is never used. You never hear him use the word Jesus. What, what is the name that's above every name? That every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. It's Jesus. I mean, who's king of kings? Jesus. Who's lord of lords? Jesus. Who is the faithful witness? Jesus. They never use the word Jesus. They use the word God. It's on your money. Pull it out and look at it if you got it. It says, in God we trust. It's on the police cars. In God we trust. Where is our trust? Our trust is in Him who is the faithful witness. It's in Jesus. There's no way to the Father except through Him. So every time they talk, they'll say, God bless. God bless. God. They never talk about Jesus. How many, you listen to preachers today, few of them, 
don't talk about Jesus. Some do. You recognize the difference. Listen to all the politicians. They'll talk about God. They never talk about Jesus. They don't. And it's phony Christianity. All the presidents use the word God. Never Jesus. Because it's phony. It's fake. It's Americanism. But it's phony. It's not Christianity. And part of that phoniness, I'm just going to tell you, part of that phoniness is pie in the sky, streets of gold. That's part of the phoniness. And the psalmist who sing out that, Denise was talking about the psalmist. She, she, she's talking about the songs that David sung. But, but the new psalmist is the southern quartets singing this stupid songs that they sing. About streets of gold and pie in the sky and all of this other stuff. They sing this garbage that you'll fly, fly, fly away. Fly, fly, fly away. Go be where God is. Where is God? He's over yonder somewhere and I'm separated from him. Christianity is not some fairy land in the future. It's now. He's here. He's in you. He's in the midst of the seven candlesticks right here in this book. Where is he? The spirit of truth has come. The faithful witness has come. Where is Christ? He's in you and you're in Him. And He's now Him who is, was, and is to come. Him who is. Him who is. When is His? His is now. This is not about going to heaven. This is about bringing heaven here. We don't pray, God, take us to the kingdom. We pray, Thy kingdom come. Right? So I have to change my mind. I have to change, and when I change my mind, I change my mind about God. I change my mind about me. Therefore, I have to change my life. He's here. He's now. He's King of Kings, Lord of Lords. That truth is in you. He's the faithful witness. He's the last prophet. The last word from God is in you. You you understand that? The last word from God is in you. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to close here. I know in this renewal movement that goes on a whole lot of places, everybody wants a word from God. Right? Everybody wants a word from God. Oh, you got... I kind of I understand what they mean, but I want you to understand the final word from God lives in you. You don't need a word from God. And you know what that does? That takes the modern day prophets down off of their pedestal. And I know people will come and say, oh, I want to, I want to be submitted. I want to, you know, people talk about submission and all this other stuff. Let me tell you what, Jesus is our shepherd. Right? You don't have nobody Lord over you. I mean, you might say, do you not believe in discipleship? I absolutely believe in discipleship. You know what discipleship is? That is where I teach you how to hear for yourself the Word of God. And then once you hear the Word of God yourself, off you go. Right? I don't need to lay hands on you and say, I have a Word from God for you. No, I lay hands on you and say, the Word is in you. Oh my gosh, you understand what that is talking about? He is in you. Jesus, the faithful witness, the final word, the last prophet. I'm telling you. And, and you know, think about this. and I'm, I'm going to close this out. You know, people talk about submission, and then they want to come. And so what if you come and submit to me, and I tell you something wrong? I mean, people don't want responsibility for their own lives, so I tell you something wrong, and you go out and do something wrong and stupid, and now you come back and blame me. Uh-uh. you got to learn to hear for yourself. And when you, when you do that, you will hear truth. Because he cannot lie. And all you will hear was truth. And then you'll know. And you know, I, I mean, people ask to pray, oh, should I go here? Should I buy this house? Should I not buy this house? Let me tell you something with God. There's no green lights on God's highway. I've told you this before. Go. 
If God wants you to stop, he'll tell you to stop. I mean, Peter and, and or Paul and Barnabas, they're just going. They're just going. And uh, they're on the road to Ephesus. And God says, nope, don't go to Ephesus. All right, well, let's go to Troas. Well, nope, don't go there either. Well, we're, we're, let's go here. Let's go. They were just going. So you wonder what to do? Just go. You know. And if God says no, he will tell you no. If not, go. Life is an adventure. It's fun. Supposed to be. Anyway, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I'll I'll uh, I'll quit with that, and we'll we'll do our communion before before I do. Uh, real fast here. You haven't cut it off yet, have you? Uh, Kayla wanted prayer because she's got COVID. And uh, Kayla, if you're listening, all of us say this with a joyful voice. Be whole. Be well. God is with you. He'll never leave you. And it'll be all right. I know that's not very religious prayer, but I mean, it's, I mean, that's the way Jesus did it, wasn't it? Be whole. Be well. Amen to that.